and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Going for Two, presented by Home Field Apparel. I am your host, the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter, Matt Brown, and I am flying solo today. Uh, I'm not, I don't even, can't, can't remember if this is because of travel or ships passing in the night or our respective childcare issues, but for whatever reason, unfortunately, Grant Fisher uh, could not join us today, so I am, uh, you're stuck with me. But fortunately, you're not stuck entirely with. We're, you're not stuck just with me, right? I'm going to be bringing somebody else on here. Uh, I've written about this a couple of times on the newsletter. Brian and I have talked about it a couple of times here on the podcast. But we have shifted our NIL efforts uh, away from just paying athletes to try to promote extra points or promote going for two on social media. We found that that was not the best use of our money. Instead, we wanted to use some of this money to. Um, get a better idea of what athletes or actually felt about a lot of the, the big changes that are happening in college athletics. It's one thing for me to go sit down with another administrator and talk about the transfer portal, talk about NIL, talk about mental health. And on some level, some of those conversations are theoretical. It's another thing to hear about them from an actual person <laughs> from whom they're, they're not theoretical. It's their daily life. Right? So, you know, we, we, we've, we've talked with gymnasts at Florida We've talked with wide receivers at Amherst. Today, I want to have a little bit of a different conversation, especially one that's really not driven by NIL. That's going to be part of it because it's, it's part of every major conversation right now on, on some level, but it's not the only thing. Uh, I, I'm happy to, to bring in here the a, a center, a football center here for the University of Michigan, um, Olu, uh, Olu, Olu, uh, Olu Watami, who is a uh, formerly from uh, the Air Force, uh, had a, a distinguished career at the University of Virginia. He's now playing at Michigan as a grad transfer. Uh, one of the few athletes that we've, we've done deals with who I think has a legitimate chance of, of not only playing in the NFL, but potentially playing for several years uh, in, in the NFL. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about what actually happens when you transfer, not just once, but twice, and how you go from somebody being a relatively uh, underheralded recruit uh, to going across the country to a very different place like Air Force and transitioning out of that and, and what that looks like in somebody's actual life. We also wanted to talk a little bit about um, you know, re, re, what, what, what NAL looks like in a locker room at a place where people are actually making real money, <laughs> which is a little bit different maybe from Division Three or from some Olympic sports where people are making money and it's great. But if there's a – and we joked about this, right? The, the booster collective community for Amherst is called the World Bank. Right. That, that, that's that that's a different kind of thing than what's happening for an ACC or a Big Ten football program. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and, and jump here to our, our conversation with Olu and, and uh, we'll hear his perspective. Olu, thank you so much for taking some time here to chat with me. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I know you're, I know you're a busy guy. <laughs> yeah, the college the college uh, schedule is a little bit of a grind. <laughs> I, I can't I can't even imagine. Let, let me start by by maybe asking a couple of stupid questions here for, for maybe some of our audience that, that's not as familiar with you. Like I, I know that that you grew up and, and played high school ball not too far from where I used to live, PG County, Maryland, with a really yep. high level high school football, really, really high level um as just freezes a lot a lot of a lot of recruits. But my understanding is that after you played the first college you went to was Air Force, which is yes, very different from PG County, both geographically and culturally. I'd love to know oh, a little bit sure. why you decided to go to pick there initially. Um, it was kind of like my best option. Um, and uh, out of high school, I was kind of under-recruited. And, you know, I, I, academics is big in my family. And obviously, the Air Force Academy is a great academic institution. 
Um, and also it, was able, it gave me the ability to play FBS football. Uh, when I got there, like you said, it is different, very different from Maryland. Um, the weather is way different. Um, it's dry. Yeah. It's, it's hard to breed up there with the altitude. And uh, it's very windy in the winter. And the winters last for a long, long time. So um, I learned a lot in that year that I was out in Colorado. But um, ultimately, I felt like it wasn't for me and uh, transitioned. Sure. Did, did you did you ever imagine a military career for yourself when 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 you uh, when, when you signed up? Or was this just like, I'm going to I, I want to come here to play football and then do what I got to do and get out? So um, it became a realization once I committed to the Air Force Academy. I knew I knew what I would have to do on the back end. Um, but growing up or or um, at any point in my life before that, I never a military being in the military never crossed my mind. I want to ask you maybe a stupid question. Go when ahead. I think when I think about the Air Force, Olu, you're you're kind of a big dude, and I don't know a whole lot of six foot three, you know, two eighty guys in planes. Would, yeah. would, would, you, would you were you were you asked to dramatically change your body or, or change things to comply with what they needed to do <laughs> at the academy? No, not not uh, nothing on the front end. Um, but I did lose a lot of weight during basic cadet training, yeah. so I was down about two fifty. And naturally, I was about 300, so I lost I lost a good bit of weight during basic cadet training. Um, but on the back end, when when it's time for you to graduate and commission, you have to meet the physical requirements, uh, be be under a certain weight, and you know be able to complete the uh, the physical test. So, so so what happens then for people that are playing the interior or the offensive or defensive line? I mean, are, when you're done playing, is it just now you got to drop 40 pounds between now and graduation? Like that. Seems yeah, pretty intense. Nah, it is. So, so like uh, my freshman year there, a lot of the senior like offensive linemen, you'll see them hooping and I'll I'll, I'll be hooping with them. And like they were bigger than me. Uh, and then the next thing you know, they're they're smaller than me. So, <laughs> um, nah, it's, it's, it's funny, it's, but all of them have to go through it and uh, make that commit to that trend, uh, changing their bodies before graduation. So let's let's talk a little bit about what happened after after Air Force. You, you get in there, you decide. Listen, uh, the the weather, the the state, the military lifestyle. Maybe this isn't all for me. Maybe I want to go somewhere else. Was Virginia the the uh, you know you mentioned that you were kind of under recruited? Was this the the only option that you had, or did you w- 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 walk me through what happened looking for op- opportunity number two? So yeah, so we uh, one of my boys from high school. He's a year older than me. He uh, he. Uh, went to Virginia and ended up doing really, really well. And uh, I just reached out to him. I was like, bro, I'm looking to transfer. This was before, like, this, when I transferred, it was before the transfer portal. It was like yeah. like five months before. I think transfer portal came out in October of that year. And I transferred in, or I got, got my release for my scholarship in May of that year. And, um, <clears throat> but I was hitting him up before I even, you know, uh, was, I guess, got my release for my scholarship. And, uh, I was like, bro, like I'm looking to transfer, you know, like I'm kind of lost right now. Like I don't, I don't really know what I, what my options are going to be. And he was just like, bro, like, look, I play with you. I know what type of guy you are, and I feel like you could definitely come help us. Um, and uh, you know, I kind of just trusted that. And it was the University of Virginia, great, another great school. Yeah. And also uh, two or three hours away from home, so I was kind of bought in before I even <clears throat> got my release from my scholarship. And uh, luckily, I mean, it ended up working out with my years that that I that I ended up playing there. 
So you, you touched on something that I think is important. When you were you you met you when you started this process months before the transfer portal became a thing, were you yeah. aware that that was something that that could change? Like I, I assume that you were so busy you weren't following arcane NCAA bylaws when you were playing, right? No, nah, I definitely was not following the bylaws. I mean, sometimes you see like ESPN or Bleach Report or any of the big yeah. um sports media outlets you know they they might tweet here and there about certain things like similar to when nil was in the works they might tweet about it every so often so like certainly there was a couple tweets but you know you never know when it's going to when they're going to pass the law or pass the um provisions and um so that wasn't really my worry of okay am i going to be in the the time where i have a transporter it makes it easier to transfer i just was like I knew I, I knew I didn't want to be at Air Force and I and then I was just focused on like the steps I had to take under the current laws for me to get to where I needed to go. Sure. Um, <clears throat> one of the unique things I would think about playing at both Air Force and Virginia and, and obviously I, I think with Michigan, too, these are all elite academic institutions and they're not places where you can hide taking history of rock music and like elementary (laughs) algebra around everything here. What was the, what's the hardest class you've had to take? I mean, at at either of these schools. Okay. So when I say this, you might laugh, but it was an art history class. Not, I'm not laughing at all. I I like that. That's a lot of memorization. Half that stuff's in French or German. Like I'm, I'm sure like that could be tense. Yeah. Indigenous art. So indigenous art cultures, the different, um, you know, non-Western perspectives. And um, man, it, that class took me for a ride. Oh my gosh. So the way I got into it is I ended up failing the class um, the semester before I was going to graduate from Virginia. And I needed to take 13 credits to graduate yeah. in the spring. And um, and 13 is an odd number when it comes to credits. So I had to get a four credit class. So I, got, so I didn't have to take five courses. Um, I could just take four and then yeah. have one course be a four credit class. So the, I was looking through the different four credit cl- courses and all of them were like applied mathematics or like high level science or things of that nature. And I'm like, yeah. I'm at you, the end of my college. You don't want to, you don't want to lab your last semester, no, right? Like, no, no, definitely not. So then I, I, go, I go down and I'm like, okay, boom, art history. I'm like, okay, how bad can this be? Like we're, we might, in my head, I'm like, we might be doing paintings. We might be reading about the, the, like the, the, classic artists that you hear about um and it was nothing like that like nothing like nothing in that class that i learned stuck and um it was only about seven people in the class so i had to participate and uh oh my god i I, the anxiety i had going to that class on a weekly basis it it was more than anything i've ever faced in playing the game of football so that class yeah that class definitely took me for a ride luckily i passed yeah um and i was able to graduate but oh my no, I, I mean, I, I, I get that, especially if last year, like there's no making this up. You have to graduate. You, you, this Definitely. Is, I was the same. I was in the same situation my senior year. And it was uh, it was uh, it was a Portuguese class. And I'm half Brazilian. And you would think that yeah. I to be Portuguese, right? You come yeah. in there and it just completely kicked my ass. Like it's these 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 little things. Um, I'm, I'm guessing there weren't a whole lot of conversations about outsider art in the locker room or anything before, right? It's a completely not. new vocabulary for you. Definitely not. And me, I'm a, I'm an economics major. That's what I got my undergrad degree at, at the University of Virginia. Yeah. And everybody else that was in that class, the other six students, they were all art history majors. So they spoke that language. They understood what the professor was saying. They've been doing it for, for two to three years. Where me, I'm like, 
no like i, I didn't take no yeah. art courses in undergrad like none of that i just did my econ my econ requirements and i did you know my gen ed requirements um and i know the way my mind thinks so like going to art it was never an option so but yeah. man oh man that class that class is brutal do you think any of the coursework you've taken in econ or maybe or, or some of the stuff that you know you're signed up for at, at michigan do you think any of that helped prepare you for nil as, as have you found yourself explaining things to some of your teammates because you were in this world a little bit more or is it is it different from anything you've done in class so this is what i'll say um as far as the the one thing i don't know i don't know how much it really helps in nil but um I've definitely helped my teammates a lot because a lot, you know, a lot of a lot of people come to college, a lot of athletes come to college, maybe want to do a business major or something finance or maybe even economics. And uh, like they always get stumbled up on the graph when there's all the different type of <laughs> yeah. graphs. And, and the rules, the rules be sometimes they be overlapping and sometimes you're like there's no difference, like when making this new graph. And uh, that's what I feel. That's what I feel like that has helped me allow me to help my teammates. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it doesn't really help much in the NIO. I don't think it helps at all in the NIO world. Yeah. It's, it, uh, you, you, the, the idea of you helping your teammates do some of this stuff is important, I think, because for what I do and for what, you know, my, my co, my co-host does what we do here at, at D1 Ticker, we talk to a lot of ADs. We talk to mm -hmm. a lot of coaches, we talk to a lot of the suits in the athletic department. A lot of them Definitely. are super, are, they're super stressed about NIL and they're stressed yeah. because they're like, look, man. I go and I get the Zoom presentation. I have it from the influencer people. I have it through yeah. these 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 finance groups, and we're, we're coming in here, and our athletes aren't engaging with it. They're, they're, it's, it's not clicking, and they don't they don't know what's going definitely, on. I'm, definitely, I'm sure you've seen that. You've probably been in some of those presentations. Oh, for sure, for sure. What do you think they need to know about helping people understand what they need, or or, or what what are they missing from like the, the 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 things you were getting like that first year? So just being honest with the NIL yeah, thing please. And, like, and, and, and with the athletes is athletes want quick, like they want quick funds. They want quick cash. And um, most of the times they don't want to do the deliverables or, or things of that nature. Um, sure. And when they bring, when 80s or assistant 80s or head coaches bring in different companies to come and talk, um, it doesn't register with the athlete just because, they're like basically show me the money, you know, and sure. um, so, and then also on top of our rigorous schedule, you're adding meetings, and that you know, so if somebody already doesn't want to go to a meeting, right, and then on top of that, what their what their head is like, what they're thought of of nil is kind of not is what being presented in the meeting, then already there's that disconnect. So sure. I feel like. Um, that's the that's the fight that ADs and head coaches might have with trying to present those certain things to their athletes. That 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 makes total sense. I, mean, I would imagine your teammates are more likely to listen to you than they are of some dork like me or some other suit that they bring in there to come to, to come to Ann Arbor, right? Like, did you have you see you or any of your teammates like you know elevate or or be like the per, like are there people that would is there somebody on like on your team that people would go to for questions about this kind of stuff if you were seen as being more visibly participatory or Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. um, there's definitely some of our guys that that have made uh, a good amount. Um, that like you could go to and ask a question of, okay, how did like do you have an IO agent or how does this work? Like, what are you asked to do, or like how did you get this? Um, when they see them post about a certain deal, so um, those conversations are had in the locker room. Um, 
And I mean, we all feel comfortable around each other. So as long as we're not getting too personal, probably asking to the dollar amount. But yeah, um, yeah, those conversations are had. So, I, well, I'm on the not getting into the dollar amount. It was funny. I was just at this academic conference and there was a there was a professor that interviewed a ton of softball players and okay. volleyball players. Because this idea, you know, like last year, you hear some dorks like me saying, if we do this, it's going to cause big locker room problems. Right. Like people are going to start <laughs> fighting about money. And they at the the the, the uh, professor talked to these women athletes, and, and like their research finding was, everyone was really supportive of each other, and and right. we're, we're asking questions, and even though not everybody was making the same amount of money, that wasn't a locker room issue. Do you? I mean, obviously every locker room is different, but in your experience, has this been more of a supportive culture, or is this has this driven uh, wedges between people? Given, you know, a, a center might have different opportunities than a quarterback or or a defensive back. Yeah, no, nah, there's there's definitely we're we're supportive of each other. Um we want everybody to win. Um obviously like I guess some positions have a cap, <laughs> have a lower <laughs> cap than, than yeah. others. Um but I mean we we understand that like whatever like whatever position you're in in football, you you understand like the glory that comes with it and it's the same thing in the NIL world. So there's no animosity or anything. Um but yeah. Let me let me ask you a dumb question then. Tell me about, or can you tell me a little bit about what what's some what's some of the glory that comes from your position? Then is 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 that is that because that isn't something that, that ends up on the highlight reels the same way. It isn't something that maybe yeah. uh, somebody that doesn't know football the same way talks about. What 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 makes somebody like an offensive lineman's offensive lineman? Man, um, I feel I feel like the glory is just in the in the process one, and then two like. The, the feeling the feeling that you get when you're when you're a dominant individual or you dominate the the guy across from you and also when when your team is doing well because we understand that we are vital to the outcome of games very vital and um yeah I mean that that's all we kind of need we, we we love to see our guys staying upright keeping their jerseys clean and uh, while we're doing the dirty work and we, and we have fun doing the dirty work. <laughs> yeah. Did you, I mean, I, I assume in, in your career, you've looked across the line and you've seen somebody like late in the third quarter, just give up, right? Like not yeah. want to get physically punched in the face again. Right. Yeah, definitely. Some, some guys don't, you know, they, they don't have that it about them to, to be able to, to continue to go um, all four quarters. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you something a little bit different. So you you, you go and you you have this this productive, this, this this great career at Virginia. You get a great degree. You have, a, a, I assume, to be a mostly positive experience. You decide to go and and and, and pursue uh, graduate education and other eligibility at Michigan. Can you, can you tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about why you decided to go elsewhere and why that particular program? Yeah, man. So Michigan, it just stood out. Well, let me talk about me deciding to transfer first. Sure. Um, and my decision to transfer – our, you know, last our head coach at Virginia, he resigned right after the season. And um and there was like uncertainties around the program, who was gonna be coaching the O line, who's sure. gonna be the head coach. So certain things. Um and I believe Virginia did a fabulous job in hiring their staff. I believe uh in Coach Elliott and what he's gonna bring to the table of Virginia and, and, and elevating that program. Um but I just felt for my last year and, and my dreams and ambitions that I needed something that was certain and something that was different. Um, so Michigan was perfect. Um, they're on the biggest stage of college football. They're, they're one of the most known brands. Um, being at Michigan, I feel like adds value to me, one, academically, and then two, playing for uh, a coach like Coach Harbaugh, who 
was in the league, a place where I have aspirations to get to. So, and the way he runs our program is kind of, he runs it like an NFL program. So, um, you know, it, all that was, I felt like it was for me and it was needed for me to kind of get that head start um, for my, for my dreams. But at the end of the day, I'm still living in the moment. I'm having fun being at Michigan and, and getting, getting, being around the guys and still being in that college atmosphere, which is more fun or like more, I was more laid back, more fun than I would say the NFL because NFL at the end of the day is a job and a business at the end of the day, it's still a game. So you're having fun playing the game, but there's a a lot more to it than that comes with it than being in college. I'm, I'm, have you had a chance to talk to Bronco at all uh, s- since he's left over the past couple of months? Oh, yeah. Me, me and Coach Mendenhall are, are cool, man. I text him. We probably text back and forth probably like three times since I've been in Ann Arbor. So over the last five months, probably we had about three conversations. Um, he's doing well. He's enjoying his his retirement. Um, we'll see if he gets back into the uh, college football coaching. No, it's it's good. I, I've gotten to know him a little bit too. Um, okay. at the you know, there's there's not that many LDS people writing about college football. There's not a whole lot of LDS people coaching. So you know, the the the, the kind of bacon factor between us isn't that big. And like everything I've heard is like, look, the, the man's in Montana or whatever, and he's just been in the boonies or fly fishing and seems extremely happy. Yeah, and I, you can't blame him after after everything, right? Like that's no, yeah. yeah. He he raised uh, two kids. Um, he's co- he's been coaching for over the last or been a head coach for I believe like the last seventeen years. Yeah, so um, high, pre- you know, high wife, pressure gigs. His wife had to take the back seat, so now he gets time to go spend time with his uh with his wife. So I know he's happy, um, which is which I'm happy for him. That's 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 good. So now you're at you're at this really high profile. Uh, program. Not, not, not that Virginia wasn't, but you know, Michigan's a little bit of a different stage, different aspirations, and and a place where I, I think very reasonably you could catapult into the NFL afterwards. So it's it's a it's a big year with some pressure. What what I, I what what is your thought process here about what you want to be accomplishing with NIL or off the field stuff? Given that there's so many on the field and in the classroom goals that are very attainable in the near future too. Um, as far as NIL building my brand and, and, and kind of learning what that looks like. And, and at the end of the day, Michigan is, is on a bigger stage than Virginia. So that helps me build my brand. But two, I understand that playing well, being tapped as this, that, and the third uh, allows you to have that brand. So, um, and, and we and people that have played NFL, right? They have they have yeah. a bigger brand usually than college players. So, um, yeah. So I mean, kind of that that's what I want to get from NIL. Um, it's not really about a dollar a dollar amount because, again, I play a position that most uh, business owners or most people don't really care to partner with. They they rather partner with the flashy positions, which I understand. <clears throat> that that may be true. But people also want to partner with athletes that have a personality and that gives sure. them a connection to different you know, different uh, affinity groups, right? So, you know, hey, yeah. we, we know that you're a smart guy. We know that you care about, about being an entrepreneur. We know that, that, that you've been a play, you've, you've played at a high level. You've competed academically at a high level. You, I, I know a little bit. I know that you're, you're a Nigerian-American, right? And, and, and you, yeah, you, have, yeah. you have ties there. What are other things that you would want either fans or like the business community to know about you? Because you're not going to you're not as visible in the same way maybe that somebody else is. Right. Man, I want them to know that one. Uh, I'm a, I'm a laid back individual. I love to have fun. I love to be around the guys. 
Uh, I love to play cards. That's one of my hobbies. Uh, and then too, like I'm very proud of my Nigerian heritage. Um, and it wasn't always that way. Like, you know, growing up when teachers had a hard time pronouncing your name and the kids making fun of you like that, that was hard. But like, yeah. as I've grown older and matured, like I'm very proud of my heritage and I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want my name to um, be any other way, honestly. So yeah, that's, that's what I want um, people to know about me. I'm, I'm very proud of my Nigerian heritage and uh, man, I'm just a laid back, easy going social butterfly. I can talk to anybody. Yeah. No, <laughs> l- listen, I can say this. It is, it, it can be a blessing to have your heritage as part of your name. I'm For a sure. Brazilian named Matt Brown. No one's ever gonna think, gonna, gonna think that, right? Like, but you know, it's different if you're Tiago Figueroa or something. We're, yeah. we're, 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 are there a lot of Nigerians in PG County? Um, I know there's a lot of folks from Ethiopia. There's a lot of folks from other Central American countries. I don't know if I met a ton of Nigerians when I was there. Maybe there's there, there's definitely a, a nice Nigerian population in the in the DMV. Um, I grew up around a lot of a lot of Nigerians. There's there's other African, um, you know, uh, countries that that have a pretty a, a pretty big hub in um in the DMV as well so sure. I definitely grew up a lot around a lot of a lot of my people but I'm guessing not as many of them in Charlottesville no not in Charlottesville not much in Charlottesville if, if at all honestly but I have fun at, I have fun at Charlottesville my I got my teammates I got you know I got the rest of the uh Charlottesville community and I have fun also there sure maybe this is a dumb question but what, what, was is it difficult to go to a a, a PWI uh, in, institution here where, where maybe you don't have that same amount of uh, uh, you know the, the, the same heritage not heritage but the the same ethnic community that they may, that maybe you had somewhere else here I, I know that I have heard this from other athletes that they go to places like Madison or you know Iowa City where it's a very white place that it can be difficult if, if you do if you know to, to to find people that have things that are more in common with you. It, it definitely it could definitely be a challenge, um, yeah. and it, going to Air Force that that was a challenge for me. And that was that that year where I felt like I went through that challenge, and then I get to Virginia, I understand, I know what to expect, I know I know what the demographics are going to be. Um, but at the end of the day, like being an athlete, I feel like it helps because one, I have my team, and my team is the like most of the guys look like me, um, and then two, like a locker room is one of the most accepting pla- uh, places. So no matter what you look like or, or, or what your name is or any of that, like we're going to joke, we're going to have fun. We're going to be brothers. We're going to love on each other. So I had, I already had, I have that community, even the, no matter what the demographic of the uh, city or, or demographic of the university is. So um, for another um, black individual at a <clears throat> institution, I, I don't know what they're, what their struggle looks like, um, yeah. I can't speak on that, but um, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they 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 face a, a battle um, and find a commit a community that that um, of people that that are kind of you know the same as them. Being able to have a locker room situation where you're going to be loved and supported no matter who you are it feels like an enormous blessing if you actually have that to kind of insulate you from anything else that campus or society or the town might be able to throw at you. I know not for everybody sure. has that, but it sounds like you did, which is which is very positive. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, like a locker room, like when when athletes talk about like, oh, do they miss like 
whatever sport they played, like a lot of them already played enough games or, or practice enough that they don't even miss that. But like <laughs> everybody, everybody will say that they missed the locker room. Um, it's, it's not, it can't be replicated. Um, so uh, whenever the game of football is done for me, like I'm definitely going to miss the locker room. I, I have heard the same thing from, from a from a lot of other athletes too. That's that's yep. not a structure that's easily replicated. Let yep. me let me ask you one let me one more dumb question. So I, I, one of the things that that's come up in the NIL world when I've talked to folks is you know if, if people trying to pursue deals or find relationships that tie into some of those affinity groups. Have mm-hmm. you talked to any brand that's like specifically trying to reach Nigerian Americans or would you want to find an opportunities that speak to to that part of who you are or is that something that's not really attainable right now? I haven't I haven't spoke to any um, any brands or any companies that that had that that vision of working with me and and trying to tap into the Nigerian culture or, or want to see that uh, come out to come to life in any of their ideas. I haven't I haven't had that, um, but I, I'm definitely more than open. Like I want to share the culture. I want I want people to be be more aware. You know, listen listen to Afrobeats. Uh, you know, probably try our, our uh, cuisine. Or yeah. um, or even like another thing that has been a movement is our uh, native dress. Um, you're starting to see more people, more people like wear that. Like men, men wear that like to like events where like they're supposed to dress up because like our, our native is kind of like a kind of a suit, but a little different. But you know, it's also nice and classy. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, are you, you going to bring that to some of your teammates? We got to find you a tailor somewhere in Ann Arbor, right? That can I can hook everybody up. Oh, hey, they're they're expensive. I, I got I got about like five in my closet right now, but they're 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 you got to uh, <clears throat> you got to pay a lot for them. <laughs> so so I think what I'm hearing here, when once we get this sent out, we have a lot of readers that are uh, within the Michigan Athletic Department and the Michigan fan community. It sounds like well, we got to pull out an, all, an APB for for tailors here in in the, <laughs> in, the in, in southeastern Michigan here. Help help uh, help hook our boy up here, right? For sure, um, for sure. Hey, man, listen, th- th- thank you so much here for taking some time to chat with us to help, I think, give a little bit more perspective about um, what this experience here is really like. I, 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 I'll finish it up on this. Do you think that there's anything else that reporters or fans or, or, or other you know, outsiders are missing when they are you know, writing about the college athlete experience or writing about what's been going on here over the last nine months that, that you've seen that you would want to clear up or make sure that people know from your perspective? Yeah. Um, one, I, I don't believe that, you know, if there is like a the the people that are not for athletes uh, capitalizing on their uh, name, image and likeness. Um, I feel like it's, it's a different time in, in the country and a different time in, in college sports where athletes, I feel like athletes deserve that. Um, the athletes that came before that that may have gotten in trouble for doing certain things, I, I guess they they were the the foundation for where we are now, where we are now. Um, yeah. I don't believe that college athletes are greedy in any way. Like for the most most guys, like they give back. Most guys, like like um, an example is like some of the guys on the team that make a lot of money. They might like they might take care of other guys on the team that they know are not. Uh, capitalizing but are still key players or or key to to make them look good on the field so um it's definitely it's definitely a great brotherhood and um man we're we're enjoying it we're enjoying it there's a lot of stuff that we don't know and uh, we're eager to continue learning and continue progressing so uh kind of just bear like the media everybody bear with us a lot (laughs) allow this thing to get figured out and uh you know don't 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 bash the athletes we're we're just um 
you know, we're, we're just trying our best to to, to capitalize off of, uh, off of ourselves. Sure. Is, is, has that been something that you've seen in, in, the, in, the, in the recent uh, in, in your market or recently with people coming after athletes be, uh, as a backlash to all of this? I, I, feel, I don't feel like they come directly at the athletes, but definitely like um, like institutions that they feel like uh, like have businesses around um, take care of players or certain things. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we don't get it directly, but we still get yeah. it indirectly and we hear about it and it's, and it's a topic of conversation. So it could definitely wear on people's hearts and people's souls. So um, I, I, I'm not saying there's no room for no criticism. There's always going to be criticism, but yeah, you know, bear with us. <laughs> do you, do you feel like the the pressure has increased so uh, now that that people are are entering into commercial arrangements over the table over the last year and a half? Is that does that change the pressure you feel as as a player? Well, not for me. No, um, yeah. I, I feel like you know you gotta you gotta be able to compartmentalize all of those things and and go and do your the keep the main thing the main thing and that's you being the best athlete that you could be for the university. Um, so not me per se, but maybe some other guys. I, I don't hear about it where guys be like, oh, I got this big deal from this certain company. Yeah. Um, and I got to continue to play well. Like I, I haven't heard that, but who knows? It might it might put pressure on people. Like if they go to a certain university and that certain university gave them a, a certain amount of money, so they, they might feel pressure to, to play well or to even stay at that university if they don't even, uh, like their their um, time at the university. I don't know, but yeah, I haven't experienced nor have I heard of it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that for now. We, there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of, I don't know, cause it, all, all this stuff yeah. here is new and anybody pretending they really know everything. It's probably selling you something, which there's, I'm sure. I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a lot of, Oh, Luke, thank you so much here for taking some time here with that, with uh, going for two today. Uh, best of luck this season and good luck with everything else. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. Um, real quick before we wrap everything up here, I did want to make sure that we highlighted our wonderful title sponsor for this podcast. That is, of course, our friends at Homefield Apparel, who make delightful, extremely comfortable, licensed vintage collegiate apparel. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, sweatshirts, uh, uh, sweatpants, um, stickers. My, my laptop, uh, what, you know, what I take when I'm on the road, is adorned with a lot of stickers. Um they're wonderful. They're also, you know, close, close friends of ours. You know, I've, I've known Connor. I've known that I've known Whitney. I've known that team for, for several years. They make great stuff. They made stuff here for Arizona state for Arizona. We got Clemson coming out here. We have a couple other gigantic uh, brands in the big 10 and the pac 12 that uh, are, are coming soon that I think people should be excited about. And you know, they're fun because they're, they're different. They're conversation starters. Um, they also make extra point shirts uh, today. Uh, it's, it's laundry day here. Casa de Brown. So I'm wearing the old, old school extra points t-shirt there with Foy with Saxa. And they don't make that anymore because that was back from the intercollegiate era, but they also sell Bagman shirts. Um, the, and we haven't really figured out what we want to do with the pennant logo. Maybe that becomes a shirt at some point that people actually want them or a stick or something else. Anyway, if you want to go support extra uh, support, what we're doing here and get some excellent, comfortable, unique clothes, uh, you use promo code extra points. At checkout, you save 15%. That helps us out there. And, of course, if you're looking to get your own stuff on uh, on home field, I know a lot of ADs listen to this show, a lot of people in marketing, a lot of people in, in licensing. Drop me a note. I'm at matt at extrapointsmb.com. I'll be happy to make an introduction. We've had a couple of introductions become shirts, which is wonderful for consumers. It's wonderful for you because you get that sweet, sweet licensing revenue, and a bunch of nerds on the Internet start talking about how they're excited about Fairfield. And also it helps, most importantly, the, the, the true reason we're all here together, it helps me. 
and it, you know it helps Brian. It helps it helps our company. So uh, we would we would appreciate you supporting our sponsors. Th- this was a I, I'm glad I'm glad we had a chance to have this conversation. I, I I love that we have an opportunity at extra points and across the D1 ticker right to talk to people in Division three and Division one Olympic sports and some SCS programs and everything. And I think that really is the lifeblood of extra points. Um, we want to be in the business of writing more about the FCS or excuse me, Yukon or New Mexico State and these other places than Michigan. But sometimes we want to talk to Michigan. <laughs> and sometimes we want to talk to people who are, who, uh, are going to be starters or, or are going to be, you know, uh, high, uh, high level contributors for college football playoff contending programs and what that world is like uh, for them, what that looks like on the inside, what that looks like academically, what that looks like in their life. We want to be able to reach the holistic package. Uh, I think we have a handful of other NIL deals uh, for bringing up athletes in the near future. Our hope is to be able to talk to a fencer and then a Division One men's basketball player. The hope that we'll be able to release those later this summer, and then we're, we'll go back and, and we'll look at other people with unique perspectives we might want to showcase. Um Real quick, friends, if you enjoyed this show, please give it five stars. Please write nice things about it. Please, please showcase it around. Um, if I would also encourage you, if you are in any way interested in the, the industry of college athletics, I know not everybody here is a, an industry person. Some of you are. If you are or you're interested in that world, I would encourage you to subscribe to D1 Ticker. Uh, or D2 or D3 Ticker if you are more interested in, in those places. They're all free. They are their clipping services. They're, they're, they're just a breakdown of all of the news that happened over the last 12 hours. It is one of the first things I read when I wake up in the morning. Uh, back when people still read newspapers, you would do that. Like this is part of my newspaper. Not every single thing is even relevant to me, but it is a great way to, to figure out from what from local news and throughout the country stuff that I might have missed and helps make my newsletter better. It will help make you more informed as well. Friends, thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you again soon. Um, and we will see you all on the internet. Thank you.